Please be advised that although this show features real experts, the story, characters, and incidents portrayed in this program are fictitious. These last three months have been epic. Definitely a lot different than the life I was living in Boston for undergrad and a new awakening to the life I was pretending to live at my parents' house. The sunrise is now my curfew, and even that hasn't gotten in the way of Lola J and I flexing our pinky toes across this never-ending city. I've never had this kind of freedom mixed with this level of opportunity that New York City has given me. If I want to go dancing on a Tuesday, which I typically do, there's a dance floor with my name on it. I mean, do you hear my voice? It's God. And if I want midnight tacos, the taco lady is standing with a smile on her face. And already, me and the local bodega guy are making consistent jokes with each other thanks to my 2 a.m. snack shopping routine. Shout out to Sanaa, he's a real one. I only really smoke weed, but growing out in New York City feels like a hell of a drug. Every time I get a hit, I want another, and the rush of that high is inescapable. I need a new dress for tonight. Do you want to go shopping later? Let's stop at the liquor store. I want to get a bottle for the pregame. Let's just order a car. My heels are killing me. I think the cover is $20, but I'm pretty sure we can probably get in for free or $10. What can I get you? Can I get a glass of champagne topped with Jameson? Does anyone want to grab dinner after this? I hear there's a fire late night Korean spot. Hey, can I close out? Ooh, I'm craving some dessert. Can we get ice cream? I'm starting to reconsider this balcony. I want to be able to go outside, not for the outside to come in. What did we drink last night? Everything. Literally everything. <laughs> Why are we like this? <laughs> because we don't want to be anything else right now. Well said. Did you have fun last night? I think I was the fun last night. We were the fun. You were so fun last night. Do you remember Justice Jorts? <laughs> you mean that lawyer man who was wearing the denim jorts? <laughs> why were his shorts so tight? And why were they so short? <laughs> I just feel like his knees did not want to be out like that. So what you doing today? You want to come to the museum with me, Cassandra, and Hope? I do want to go. But I promised Jay that we'll check out this new bar that opened up down the block. Aw, a roomie date. So things are going well with you and Jay, and what's the other roommate's name? Chow is a mystery, which I'm not mad about. It's been like three months, and I've spoken to him a total of five times. Three of those times were over text. Things with Jay have been amazing. He's super chill, and it's just been a perfect landing spot. Good. Well, you two have fun. Maybe we can get together during the week. What are you doing on Monday? Oh, I've got my dodgeball game at Fidei. Okay. What about Wednesday? Martina and I have a ceramic class in Chelsea. Thursday? Tinder date. Ooh, with the glasses with no frames guy? No, I am so over him. It's the guy that looks like Gerald from Hey Arnold. 
So he is an adult man with a high top fade. Don't judge him, because then you're judging me. <laughs> okay, no worries. I'll just see you on Saturday for wine night at your place. Okay, cute. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Good morning. Are you hungry by chance? Good morning. I am. I was just about to place an order at Pretzel Puzzle. Ooh, that sounds good. Can we make it a group order? A cinnamon swirl pancake pretzel is exactly what my body needs. Of course. Let me shoot you the link. Squirrels hide nuts in this way as preparation for cold weather when otherwise food will be more scarce. Uh, did you put in your order yet? Yeah, but it's not charging my card for some reason. Hold on. Hold on one second, Jay. I really need to get this. I'll be right back. This call will be monitored and recorded, and your voice may be used for verification. Welcome to Bellamy United Bank. Para Español, Prima el número dos. Hello, we're calling to inform you that your checking account ending in 2813 has a negative account balance of $25. Please note that this overdraft of your account will result in a daily $35 charge until the account is properly reinstated. If you believe this to be an error, please press 8. You can also review and make changes to your account by logging in at www.bellamyunitedbank.com. Thank you. Oh, snap. You've got to be kidding me. Jojo, everything cool? We still putting in this order? No, you can go ahead without me. I need to take care of this first. I'll eat later. You sure? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Ugh. How did this even happen? Where did all my money go? I'm Jojo, your new broke bestie, living, working, and playing in New York City. Like many of you, I'm trying to figure out my finances while staying fabulous and without becoming an incredible bore. Every week, you'll get a scoop into my life as I learn new financial tips and tricks from some financially savvy friendsperts and some certified financial experts. It's not easy being financially responsible, but I know it's time to make major changes from the shit show that I've been up to. This is Sense in the City, episode two, Keeping Up with the Groceries. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. The only thing I'm looking forward to about going into the office today is this free breakfast and lunch they provide. After a weekend of chicken breast and cans of vegetarian beans, all I can think about are those little mini waffles Dollamer puts out with the cinnamon sugar butter on the side. 
God, please let there be enchiladas today for lunch because your girl's BMI is dwindling. Wow, it smells good in here. Yes, it does, but you're gonna have to wait your turn, homie. Mind if I join you? Not at all. How was your weekend? Low-key. Didn't do too much, you know. Just took it easy, kept it chill. Truly, this weekend was high-key hungry. I couldn't do much. I tried to take it easy, but I felt unchill most of the time. How was your weekend? Uh, it was cool. I played a couple games of tennis with some friends, went on a run, called some family. You know, much needed rest and relaxation. So how have you been transitioning so far? It's been two months. Three months next week. Congratulations. You interned here first, right? Before you got the job? Yeah, they actually came to a career fair at my college in Boston, and then I interned last summer. Oh, wow. I went to school in Burlington. Oh, wow. Cool. What about you? When did you start? Going on three years in June. Wow, congratulations. Thank you so much. How are you liking the media sales team? You work with Tomas and Delilah, right? Yeah, and Roxanne. It's cool so far. I'm pretty much the team assistant for now. I take all their notes, grab their lunches and coffees, and you know, stuff like that. Well, if you know you could do more, then do more. Don't let the role you're in dictate the impact you make here at Philipson. You're right. Thank you. You're welcome. So you want some dessert? Dolomer just put a fresh batch of snickerdoodles in conference room F. Oh my gosh, yes. I'll follow your lead. Good thing your girl bought her Tupperware, because all of this food is coming home with me tonight. Jojo, we're going to see an improv show tonight. You want to join us? Ooh, who all is going? Why am I asking like I can even afford to go? I don't have no money. Leslie, Tierra, and Poe. Oh, I wish I could. I'm just really feeling the homebody vibes right now. Respect. Well, have a good night. I'll try not to be too loud when I come back in. This is the first time in a long time that I haven't gone out with Jay. If FOMO was a fever, I feel like I am burning up right now. Yo, Jojo, how are you? Casey, oh my gosh. Hi, how's Japan? Everything I could ever imagine. Sorry it took me so long to get back to your text. I haven't been on my phone a lot since I've been here. I still can't even believe I'm here. <laughs> it's all good. I'm just happy to see your face. I can't believe you're there either. You were talking about this trip for a minute. How were you able to finally make it happen? I finally got the money to go. I've been saving up for like two years. Whoa, that's impressive. Are you still doing part-time tutoring? Yeah, I mean, I don't have the deepest pockets, but I made it happen. I'm sure your pockets are an ocean compared to mine. What do you mean? I recently overdrafted my account. Sheesh. Yeah, I'm in the black. I think you mean you're in the red. <laughs> well, I'm black and I'm in the red. <laughs> I mean, as strange as it sounds to say, that shit happens. It happened to me like four years ago. Seriously? Yeah, but then I realized I had to get my shit together. How? I just started caring more about my money. Stopped lying to myself about my money problems and started asking for help. I had this friend named Leo who taught me some things about saving and spending and it totally altered my perspective on what my money can do for me. Before, it felt like I was thinking about what I could do for money. That's deep. 
I don't feel like my money is doing anything for me at the moment. You should chat with Leo. They're always down to chop it up and give financial advice. They actually work as a spending and saving reporter. Oh, that's legit. Yeah, let me know if you want me to connect y'all. Good looking out, yes. I would love to connect with Leo. Lord knows my spending is all out of whack. Cool, I'll set y'all up. Heads up, Leo is non-binary. They use they, them pronouns. Respect. Thank you, I really appreciate it. But you didn't call for this. Let's see the view. Where are you right now? I'm in the northwestern part of Shikoku. Ooh, that looks beautiful. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it is one of the most insane places I've ever seen. Hey girl, what you doing? You home? No, about to meet up with someone for a walk in the park. Ooh, another date? <laughs> no, meeting up with a friend of a friend for a walk in the park. I'll call you after. Okay. Later. So glad Casey put me in touch with Leo. I'm sort of awkward when I meet new people, but let's see how this goes. I could really use some advice. Hi, Leo. Hi, Leo. It's great to see you today. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. How did you meet Casey? How did you guys get close? Oh yeah, we actually uh, used to work together at this one job. Nice, same. And like Casey was able to tell me a little bit about what you do, so I'm so happy that you agreed to like, you know, meet up. I didn't want it to be weird, that's why I didn't ask myself. Uh, I know that you work with Business Insider on personal finances. Can you tell me a little bit more about what you do there? Yeah, sure. So I'm the spending and saving reporter at Insider, and I also share everything I know with the queer and trans community on social media at Queer and Trans Wealth. So, yeah. That's so amazing. You're just who I need to talk to. Case said that you work a lot with, like, you report a lot on saving and spending. And right now, my spending habits are ruining me. I just moved to New York. Well, not just moved to New York, but just got my first adult apartment in New York. What neighborhood do you live in? Brooklyn, always. <laughs> the best borough, Brooklyn. And But what I've noticed is that I did save up about three months of rent to move to New York. However, between bills and like life itself, it's dwindled so fast. Yeah, definitely. I used to live in New York for five years. I live in LA now, I'm just here visiting. And before New York, I lived in Chicago for four years. So a lot of experience living in expensive cities and just, you know, trying to make it. I guess before we really get into some tips or any savings tricks, I just want to know, what is your end goal? Like, how do you really envision living in New York? Okay, so how I envision living in New York as like sex in the city, right? Glamorous, I like, you know, New York fashion. I thought I'd live in this like nice apartment where I'd be able to go out with friends, not worry about money, have all the latest everything. But that's not how it's been so far. <laughs> and also budget is definitely an issue for me there. So it's not been as glamorous as that, but that's ideally how I would, I thought I would want to live in New York City. Okay, so tell me a little bit about your spending habits now. Do you meal prep? Do you cook for yourself? Do you like to eat out? I love eating out. <laughs> New York has so many restaurants. I try to meal prep. What I've noticed is that one week it works very well, but then I tend to fall off like the next weekend or maybe like sometimes like I don't have time to cook during the weekends because I'm out with friends or like doing stuff and then 
I run into the next week, no food, and now I'm ordering out takeout every day. Yeah, what you're describing is pretty typical of, you know, someone who lives in a big city. And also there's just a lot more options. And especially if you're young in New York, you want to take advantage of that. How many times a week would you say that you eat out or order takeout? I'm actually kind of ashamed to say, but on average, it's at least once a day. Yeah, you're definitely not alone. I mean, when I used to live in New York, it was like that too. And I used to work in the Lower East Side, so (laughs) there were so many good food options. And I just, I really just did not want to miss out, you know, so I get it. And another thing is when people say, you know what, I'm going to meal prep, I'm going to save all this money. They just go too hard too fast. So one tip that I have for you, so let's say you're eating out seven days a week. I mean, can you try and scale back to five? And then once you once you maintain that for, you know, let's say two or three weeks, you're like, you know what, I could do one less. And then you keep going, keep going until you find a good balance. Because honestly, two or three times a week is like not, that's not the worst thing ever. Also, you want to make sure that when you're spending money on eating out, you're kind of prioritizing which times am I going to have the most fun with my friends? Or is this really an eating experience that I'm looking forward to versus am I just doing this out of habit or this is always what I've done before? Mm -hmm. Another piece of advice that experts have always given me when I interview them at work, they always say, again, instead of saying, I'm going to stop eating out completely, can you get one less drink? Can you get one less appetizer? Can you skip dessert and just, you know, eat some cheap ice cream on the way home instead, right? So that's another way that you can do it gradually. Because again, if you try to do it just day and night, I'm going to cut everything out. It's not going to work. It's kind of like a diet. You know, like if you are just one day like, I'm going to go Whole30 and, you know, you eat fast food every day. That's kind of not realistic. I mean, no shade. If you eat fast food every day, I still love you. But like, you know, it's just not realistic that all of a sudden you're going to be the healthiest eater overnight. What about cutting back on essentials? Because essentials are actually really expensive. Like groceries, toiletries, all those things add up pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, let me ask, what is your grocery bill like every week, typically? It depends. If I'm hungry and ordering groceries, (laughs) it's like double. (laughs) But if I'm being very conservative, I could do 150. Mm -hmm. So without snacks and all the extra junk. So you order versus actually going to the store. Smart. Yes. Oh, is that better? Honestly, I think so. I think it's smart because when you're ordering groceries, you can kind of see in real time how much your total is going to be. And you can kind of edit in real time. You know, I'm really not going to eat this organic kale that I am aspirationally always putting in my cart. You know what I mean? And you could just take it out knowing that it's going to run up your total. And also, you know, when you're shopping in person, And I mean, I've had this experience lately and you're just like, oh, I really want this bag of chips. And then you get to the checkout counter and you're like, you know what, the the bag of chips is going to put me over. I'm going to set it aside. Like, it's just physically a little bit more painful than just removing something from your card on the app. You know what I mean? I know what Leo means. Is there anything more humbling than having to put down a bag of grapes and two cans of beans because you're five dollars over your limit? Okay, so like when you lived in New York and now that you're in L.A., how are you able to like manage, you know, in terms of saving? What do you do there? Manage your finances? You know, when I lived in New York, I was just in chaos all the time. (laughs) So to be honest with you, I was not very good at saving when I was in New York because saving actually, I think everyone thinks, oh, I'm supposed to do, I'm supposed to do this. I'm just supposed to save. But the reality is you need to have a certain degree of calm 
and a little bit of stability in your life to even be able to plan for your future and start saving, right? Otherwise, if you're just in survival mode and you're always panicking about money and you're living paycheck to paycheck, like you can't really, you can't really do that, to be honest. That's how I've been feeling. Ever since that overdraft fee hit my account and I had to ask my mom to transfer $200, which I still had to pay her back for, it seems like my life has been in a perpetual state of financial chaos. I'm not even really sure how to tap into financial peace. If Peace and I were dating, they would have blocked me by now. I've interviewed a lot of people who have achieved a lot of financial milestones, right? And a lot of them will say, oh, I started off, I was like so hard on myself. I just felt like I really needed to save up for this thing as fast as possible. And they just did something really, really drastic that at the end of the day was not at all sustainable. So, you know, people who are the most successful with saving or paying off debt or things like that, first of all, they get really calm before they look at their money because then they can say, you know what, whatever, however much debt I have or however much money I saved, that does not make me a good or bad person. That's just my situation right now. And I know I can change it over time by making mm -hmm. little changes that are actually realistic and achievable. So okay. yeah, getting calm. Also just setting really good time boundaries for your savings goals. Like, okay, I'm gonna save $100 every month for three months, right? Like that's very concrete. And in three months I can check back and see if I actually did it, you know? I feel like that's my biggest issue. Every time I make a change, I do a complete 180 and end up in the same exact place I started. I feel like setting realistic goals and expectations for myself starts with being real with myself. And I don't think I've ever had to do that before. I'm not even sure I'm ready to tell myself the truth about myself. Hi, can I please get a caramel macchiato? Sure thing, what's the ice? Grande. Got it, thanks. That'll be 452. It's gonna ask you a couple questions on that. Hi, welcome. What can I get you today? Hi, I will have a regular whole milk latte, please. And I'll just do a small. Okay, tall? Yeah, it's for Aaron. Got it, thanks. That'll be uh, 352. It'll be right up. Thanks so much. Uh, this woman looks so familiar. What did she say her name was? Aaron? Why does that just sound so familiar? Let me check my phone. Oh, wait. Oh my God, I think I follow her. Oh my gosh, it's totally her. Should I say hi? Is that weird? I don't wanna make it weird. Order for Jojo, order for Aaron. Oh my God. Aaron, like you're the broke millennial. Oh. I mean, well. <laughs> Obviously, you're not, you're not broke, but you're Aaron from the Broke Millennial. Sorry, who are you? What's your name? Oh, sorry. I'm Jojo. Oh, hi, Jojo. <laughs> I got so carried away. So nice to meet you. It's so great to meet you. I follow you online. Would you mind if I joined you? If it's not a pain in the butt, I'd like to ask you a few questions about budgeting and finance. But I want to respect your boundaries. I mean, truly my favorite thing to talk about. So, yeah. I mean, I've got, like... I don't know, 30 minutes or so before I have to be somewhere, so let's sit and chat. Oh, 30 minutes is perfect, thank you so much. Okay, so let me give you a bit of background. I recently moved out of my parents' house and off my friend's couch. I just got my new place, and I knew New York City was gonna be expensive, but it's been a lot. Between rent, bills, eating out, and my social life, 
my bank account just can't take it all at the same time. So I guess I'm wondering, how do you manage living in a big city and being financially responsible? Oh, it is such a loaded question. <laughs> and honestly, so kind of two prongs here. I am almost 34, I'm just shy of 34. So when I moved here, I had saved up money in college. Like my dream in college was to move to New York. So I actually got jobs in college specifically to put a nest egg aside to move to New York. Now it's not like that money was going to get me super far, but it was basically, I'm like, I need, you know, people don't realize when you move here first and last month's rent sometimes on a place, deposit occasionally like a broker's fee too. Mm -hmm. Like it can cost six grand just to get set up to get an apartment. Yeah. And we're not even talking about furnishing the apartment. One day I'll tell my grandchildren how I moved to New York City with only $3,600 in my pocket and a beanbag to my name. And frankly, six grand's kind of on the low end of what it costs to get yourself into an apartment. I know that's, that's a right. ton of money. Mm-hmm. And to have that up front is a ton of money. Now, once I got here, though, I think a mistake that I made very early on was that I hyper-focused on the money aspect of things in terms of I worked at Starbucks, I worked as a babysitter, I had my day job, which was working at a page at The Late Show with David Letterman. So I was working three jobs and would say no constantly to social invitations because I was so paranoid about wanting to make money and not go into debt. I feel like I'm having the exact opposite problem that Erin is describing. I've gone into debt because I haven't been able to say no enough. Now, am I glad that I didn't end up in credit card debt? Sure. But there are also social ramifications of doing that because if you say no enough times to people, they just stop asking. True. And we think about that a lot in terms of like romantic relationships, but it's true in platonic relationships. True. And we're all like a little self-centered. So if you keep saying no to me, I'm going to think it's about me, not about you. Also true. And I do think that reason, it's very important to have some level of balance when you're, especially when you're starting out in a new city, I like to call it a fun fund. I mean, I want to have fun and I would like to have funds to have fun. Right now, I'm having fun without having any funds to do it. Like put a little bit of money aside every single paycheck so that you have some money so you can say yes and just opt in. Now there has to be boundaries around that though, right? Like if your friends want bottle service every weekend, like, sorry, no, that's not in the fun fund budget, but you can also counter. So instead of just saying no outright, you're acknowledging that you value the relationship, but you're also offering a counter. Mm. And it's a counter that's affordable for you. True. And within your budget, and then you can still spend time with your friend. I definitely want to spend that time with you. How would you feel if I only paid for what I ordered? Mm. Or, How would you feel if I came at the very end and just had dessert? Or what if I meet you for a drink prior? Or what if I meet you for a drink after? Like, there's just so many different options. You can still opt in. You can still spend time. But you're also not going broke for other people. You're so right. It's so easy to let others spend your money. I mean, as much as I love my friends, I have been thinking lately, like, do we really need to spend so much money just to have a good time with each other? It all really starts to add up, and I'm not that good with numbers in the first place. What I think everybody needs to embrace, money is much more about psychology than it is about math. Mm. Like, yes, numbers are obviously involved. But what is more important is where is this money going? How are you spending it? Emotionally, how are you feeling when you're spending it? Mm. 
So we all have triggers. Like there are moments where we're going to be like, I just, I'm so stressed. I'm so annoyed. I'm going to go buy something. Oh and it's going to make me feel better. Yes. Yes. That's yep. So that's one response, right? You know, just to use kind of a poor analogy, it's the same as like, I'm stressed and annoyed. I'm going to go get a bottle of wine. I'm stressed and annoyed. I'm going to go get ice cream. Like it's all that kind of stuff, but that's a conditioning that we've kind of done mm. to ourselves. So the very first thing I would recommend is much less to do with like, I need to try to create this rigid parameter to live within, AKA a budget. Let's call it a spending plan. It sounds better. Ah, a spending plan. I like that. What I want you to do first, I would recommend a month. I know that feels like a lot. So try to do at least two weeks of every single time you make a purchase, pull out your phone and your notes or whatever. If you want to do like Google Sheets, Notes app, whatever you want to use, the date, how much you spent, what you spent it on, how you were feeling when you made the purchase. Okay. That last one gets really interesting because you can kind of go back through and sort of chart, if I'm in this heightened emotional state, I'm more likely to have this reaction and like spend this money. Mm, almost like Which, a spending journal. Yeah, it doesn't solve the problem, but it's giving you information. Okay. Like what are you buying that doesn't bring you joy or value? You'll hear a lot in personal finance. People are coming for your lattes and your avocado toast. Yes. <laughs> I am doing neither of those things. You just heard me order a latte earlier. Like, <laughs> I'm a latte girl. I love lattes. I work from home. It's a social thing to go to a coffee shop and have a human interaction with somebody and yeah. order a latte. So I do it. But I budget for it. Okay. And it's something I actually value. So I want you, for a month, try, two weeks at least, going through... Call it a spending journal, whatever you want. If you want to nix the emotions part, you can. But even just the what I'm buying, how much I'm spending. Because the what I'm buying also might start to show you patterns. Like, I did not realize I that I was so doing this this often. I thought I was doing this on occasion. The other thing you can do is also look back at credit card statements and bank statements. Get <sighs> some highlighters. Like, I'll give you permission to go buy some new fresh highlighters if you want <laughs> for this activity. If Erin knew about my overdraft fee, I'm sure she would not give me permission to buy anything, let alone new markers. But print out those statements, have some highlighters, and do some as like entertainment, some as eating out, some as like required bills, like kind of create different categories for yourself and then start coloring, highlighting each thing. And then you'll also start to see like, oh, I'm going out to eat way more than I thought I was, or oh man, I am spending so much more money on entertainment than I I'm thought Ubering I was. I'm Ubering everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> and like, do we need to Uber everywhere? Can we at least take the train going to the place and then Uber home because it feels safer at the back end? Is a cab cheaper than taking an Uber? Like, there's so many different things, too, to consider in that. And obviously, like, safety matters. So, like, if it feels safer to Uber or take mm. a cab, that's fine. But then we have to be budgeting for that spending plan for that as well. But once you start to get the information, that's when you can go back and see how much you're earning and see, all right, I am spending more than I earn every single month and here's how. So I now have to start putting some parameters around this is how much I can spend on X, Y, Z things. I, I think so many times people think of budgeting as restrictive and I think of it as it puts you in control of your money. Like you are taking back control. But if you keep allowing yourself to kind of ostrich and like head in the sand about it because you feel like, I don't want to deal with this, I don't want to confront it, then it's just going to keep controlling you. Mental to-do list. Log into my bank account, print out my bank statements, 
and color-code my spending. Hmm. Aaron did say I could go and buy some markers, which I can pick up on my way to see Jay and Lola. Ooh, I need sticky notes. Wait, no. This is not a good idea. Spending money to make a spending plan probably isn't the best way to start. Ugh. Hi, my name is Jojo and I have a shopping problem. So I know you said you don't really shop. I'm a big shopper. I like clothes. I'm trying not to buy clothes this year. But how do you recognize a real deal? Because I feel like everything says sale on it. But then when you do the math, it's like, was this really a sale? So this comes down to value again, where just because a sweater was $80 and now it's $20, do you need the sweater? True. Is that a sweater that's going to be a staple in your closet for the next three seasons? Or is this like a one-and-done fast fashion situation? Is this something that you are actually going to wear? I mean, we are all guilty of being like, oh, my God, that sounds like such a good deal, and buying it. Mm -hmm. I think that it's really thinking critically about the value to you of this item. Like, I will spend good money on a high-quality item. True. Because I know it's going to last, and I also take care of it at home. Like, that's the other big part of this. The other thing, though, I will say is that if you have, let's say you have $100 this month that you've set aside for shopping that you want to do, and you find a sale, and there is this thing that you really wanted, it was going to be $100, but you got it for $80. What's happening with that extra 20 bucks? Is it just sitting in your checking account, being ready to be spent on something else? Or did you put it in savings because you saved that money? I most definitely would have spent that $20 on whatever else catches my eye on the way to the checkout line. Probably some candy. Ooh, they always have those on display. But this is critical and something I wouldn't have thought of on my own. Save the money I don't spend instead of spending it. What a concept. Like if you saved it in your mind, and this kind of extends to almost anything. Like if you have... Let's say your internet bill, they try to hike it up, you call and negotiate and get it to stay the same, or you even get something lowered, put that difference in savings. Like it's just a small incremental way to encourage yourself to save. And coming back to the idea of savings, pay yourself first. Like saving shouldn't be the very last activity that happens with your paycheck. It should be the very first activity. And it's okay if you're at a phase where you're like, no, Aaron, that's like $10. Like I can only afford to put $10 into savings. Great. It's about the habit right now mm. because it's going to be really easy for you to not save, not save, not save. Yeah. You have all the reasons that you don't save right mm -hmm. now in your head. But here's what happens. Life keeps going. Let's say maybe you get married. Maybe you have a kid. Maybe a family member gets sick that you have to take care of. Those are all, even though you're making more money in 10 years, those are still very expensive things. So it's easy to still keep giving yourself this narrative of, well, I'll save when what? I get here. Instead... Just make it a priority, even if it's a really small amount, because you're building the habit. So then as you start earning more money, increase how much you're saving. And then it becomes this kind of slow burn. I like everything you're saying because it's focused on like just starting small and building those habits. So even if it's a dollar or $10, I just need to start somewhere. So now I'm curious, do you have a separate savings account from your bank account? Oh no, I have so many savings accounts. Okay. <laughs> I have to reduce them. So what my strategy is, I have a bank that I, uh, kind of like a legacy bank for me. I've been with them for a very, very long time. 
but their savings rate is trash. Mm. So I have my savings at a bank that gives me, right now I think it's 3.6%, which is called APY, annual percentage yield. That's the term for like your interest rate on your savings account. Okay. So there's a big difference between getting like 0.01% and getting 3.6%. That is a big difference. Like the more you have in savings, we're talking like hundreds of dollars, potentially a month, depending on how much you have in savings. So that's crazy, especially if you're saving for a really big goal, like buying a car, down payment on a house, like anything like that. Put your money in a bank that is going to be giving you a decent interest rate. The other thing I like about it, it can be a little bit, I don't like saying out of sight, out of mind, because I never want it to be out of your mind. But if you have your checking at one account or at one bank and the bulk of your savings at a separate bank, it takes three to five business days for that to transfer over, which means that if you're trying to make like a knee jerk, I'm gonna move a little bit out of savings into checking, it's not that quick as if everything is at one bank, then it's easy to be like, I'm gonna justify going out tonight by moving like a little bit out of savings. So it kind of helps create that barrier. The other thing, nickname your accounts. Almost all banks and credit unions will allow you to change the name on the account. So it doesn't have to be account like 67389. It can be Quit My Job Fund 2025. It can be Japan Trip 2025. Let's just use that again. You know, whatever it is. So that when, now this is not a foolproof plan, but then when you go to pull a little bit of money out, you're reminded why it's there. Mm. And it just might discourage you a little bit. It doesn't always work but it might help. If anybody needs to be discouraged from spending money, it's me. Hey, Stefan. Can I talk to you real quick? Yeah, what's up? I'm not sure who to talk to about this, but there was an error in my paycheck. Oh, really? Yeah, and this is the first time anything like this has ever happened. Hmm. Well, if you don't mind me asking, what was the error? So I got paid more than usual, like significantly more. Oh, are you sure it's not your quarterly bonus? My quarterly what now? (laughs) Was it $1,500? Yes. Yeah, that's your quarterly bonus. Everyone in the sales department got one, including your department, Media Sales. Oh my God, really? What for? I never heard anyone ask why they're getting more money in their paycheck, but I guess that's probably the smart thing to do. It's a function of the sales department. We get them like once a quarter when we close a certain percentage of our leads for the quarter. We can earn more, like we've had bigger quarterly bonuses, but it is capped at a certain amount. This is amazing. Yeah, enjoy it. And you should talk to your manager about it. Sales leads get even a higher bonus. You're an associate right now, right? Yeah. Yeah, sales leads get anywhere between 2 to 3K for their bonuses. And since you're done with your 90-day probation, you can apply for more senior roles. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. I remember the first time I got a bonus on a paycheck at another job, and I flipped out. I instantly booked a vacation to Turks and Caicos. That's not a bad idea. Once I pay off the bank and my mom, the rest of this money can definitely make its way to the fun fund that Elizabeth was talking about. How about $1,000 for the fun fund and $500 for everything else? That sounds fair. I am rich, people. 
What happened? I got a $1,500 bonus today. Mama is ready to party. Oh, really? Because you've been dodging my invites for the last week. Yeah, what's that about? I know. I was a little bit embarrassed to tell y'all, but I overdrafted my account this past weekend. I've been living on no funds for the last couple of days. Oh, Jojo, why didn't you tell us? Because I was embarrassed. I got overdrafted over some late night food. How pedestrian. It happens. Two years ago, I got overdrafted by some cinnamon swirl shots I ordered at some dive bar in Chelsea. Yeah, and the last time I had an overdraft fee, it was because I accidentally ordered 250 balloons when I meant to only order 25. Shit happens. Yeah, this is an expensive city, and the combination of credit card fees, tips, and taxes takes a little bit out of all of us. I feel like it's a New York City badge of honor to have your account overdrafted. Well, it feels more like a dishonor. I had to ask my mom to put money in my account and promise to pay her back. I mean, luckily I have money now, but I wasn't thinking I was going to have this cash. So what were you going to do? Just never tell us and avoid us at all costs? Precisely, and start delivering groceries on Instacart. But you don't have a car. Yeah, I was going to deliver it by hand. Oh, you was desperate, desperate. Friend, you don't have to hide that kind of stuff from us. We've all been there. Oh, thank you. Yeah, girl, as long as you're not late for the rent, we're good. Oh, by the way, you know rent is coming up next week. I most definitely forgot about that. Damn. So, what you gonna do with your bonus money? I'm not entirely sure yet. Ooh, we should go somewhere. Take a little day-slash-overnight trip somewhere cute upstate. Ooh, I love that. Hey, have y'all heard of Accord, New York? Like Honda Accord? No fool. My cousin just moved up there, and when I went to visit, they had all these cute little bed and breakfasts. We should go there. Ooh, I love this. Hmm, it does look kind of cute. Okay, so let's keep talking about it, but a cute little one-day trip would be fun. And we don't have to break the bank to make it pop. Please, because I cannot afford to break the bank again. Was that a notification from Fling? <laughs> Mind your business. What's Fling? <laughs> It's this new dating app for people who are looking to get their booties rubbed by somebody. Or do the booty rubbing. Ooh, girl. Whose booty are you trying to rub? Whoever wants to rub mine and pay for it to go out to dinner. <laughs> or lunch. Or breakfast. Oh, y'all are real funny. So y'all just out here letting men pay for your dates? A thousand percent. Pay for my food. Pay for my time. Pay for my presence because my gift is my essence. Hello. This is why don't nobody take you anywhere. Jojo, what about you? I mean, I don't mind if we go Dutch. Next time on Sense in the City. The universe cares about you. It's not conspiring for you to fail. I guess. But in a big city like this, sometimes it just feels like the universe doesn't even see me. I honestly stopped dating a guy because his credit score was like 580. Thanks for listening to Sense in the City, a Spotify original production workshopped as part of the Spotify Podcast Accelerator program. And a special thanks to this episode's real-life money experts. During our walk in the park, we met Leo Aquino, an award-winning journalist covering anti-capitalist personal finance. And of course, in the coffee shop, we met Aaron Lowry, the author of the Broke Millennial Workbook, 
take control and get your financial life together. You can connect with Leo at Queer and Trans Wealth on Instagram and subscribe to Aaron's newsletter at brokemillennial.substack.com. Lots of love to our incredible team of voice actors. The role of Lola is played by Ashley J. Hobbs, a two-times NAACP Image Award-winning producer and writer. The role of Jay is played by Kadim Ali Harris, known for Amazon Prime's Harlem and the Showtime series City on a Hill. You can join Ashley online at ashleyjh.com and connect with Kadim on Instagram at K-A-D-E-E-M-A-L-I-H-A-R-R-I-S. Playing the automatic bank alert notification, we have Frida Lucas. Playing the role of Casey is Casey Simonson. And playing Stefan, the co-worker, we have Jay Douglas. Sense in the City is hosted and created by me, Olinka Sarai. I'm also the voice of Jojo. Our writer and supervising creative producer is Frida Lucas. Mixing and sound design by Michael Hardman. Original music by Soundboard. Production support by Kelly Kyle, Casey Simonson, and Raymond Rodriguez. From Spotify, our executive producers are Paige Heimson, James Zumwalt, Grace Delia, and Natalie Tulla. Additional production support by Shirley Ramos. Follow Sense in the City on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast to get new episodes every Wednesday.